What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This week we have Pat Porter, and Pat is a real estate broker, owns a brokerage, actually, uh, Rec Land Realty, and he's from Louisiana and has been in the business for a very long time, has wrote multiple books, has a YouTube channel uh, called Rec Land, and you, you may have even watched some of his videos before if you've been uh, looking around on the internet to learn more about recreational land. And this conversation is really strong. It's great. We cover a variety of things. We talk about how to add equity to your property quickly. Um, we discuss some advice when you're looking to buy a piece of ground, things that he wished he knew before he got started, and just really good conversation. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Unfortunately, the video version of this, I was hoping to clip up onto the new YouTube channel, uh, this Jake Hofer, but unfortunately, Zoom had other ideas and it glitched out a little bit, so I'm hoping that the audio of this is completely intact. I went through and tried a few areas and we had no issues, so there may be a few hiccups along the way, but I tell you, this is a really strong conversation. You're going to want to listen to this. And Pat is sending me a handful more of his books. So if you were here and you were on the like episode 10 and under club here, if you left a written review or you sign up for the email newsletter, I reached out to you and got your address and personally shipped you Pat's book. So he just released a new one and he said it's his best yet. So I'm pumped to share that. These are going to be over here at my house the day this goes live. So the first handful of people that leave a written review and send an email showing that they left a written review or sign up for the email newsletter and let me know. I'm going to get your address, get that out the door. And I really suggest you reading it. And if you're not one of those first people, go over to the Amazon listing and you can check out his book as well. So once again, I just want to say thanks to Pat for hopping on this. And real quick, as you guys know, there's a couple things to get into. As you guys know, the goal of this podcast is to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. And last week was a record. I added three people to the spreadsheet. I want to say thanks for those folks that made a point to reach out and let me know that this podcast helped them. And so how can how can we keep track of this or how can you be counted towards that first 100? If you are in Illinois, I can help you buy a parcel in Illinois. If you are looking for an expert in an area where you're looking to buy real estate, I can get you connected with an expert or option three, you can just say, hey, I learned something on this. I want to be added to your list. And that really... Uh, would mean a lot. That's the goal here. So, and also real quick, as you know, Exodus turned seven years old this month. We're going to have a incredible sale and we have some other really large announcements this month. So head over to the Exodus website and be sure to sign up for the email newsletter. That's enough of all this on the front end. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Have a great rest of your week. Here we go. All right. Welcome back, Pat. How you doing here today? Hey, man. Good, good, Jake. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, excited to have you back on here, Pat. I, I've, followed, I've followed and watched a lot of your videos on YouTube. I've read your uh, your books. And uh, also, we've had you here on the show before, and you sent a, a, a box of books. They're all gone. So there's a lot of people that had a chance to read read your books as well. And, uh, oh, hey, great. Yeah, it's been great. So I think I think right now you are one of the best people at putting out a bunch of real estate information in regard to recreational land. And so I figured who else better to talk to again and, than yourself. Oh, come on, man. You, you, I, I watched all your show. You, you said that to everybody. Like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. So, yeah. So uh, if you want to take a quick second to introduce yourself in case people haven't ran across you and then uh, we'll dive right into things. I, I'm just Pat Porter. Uh, I'm the broker and uh, owner at Rec Land. Um, we're, our main office uh, where I am right now, world headquarters in <laughs> North Louisiana, and uh, we're licensed in uh, eight states now. Uh, most of our activity, however, is in Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit in Missouri, and growing into some other states. Right on. Well, 
how has business been since we last spoke? It would have been probably about the same time this last year, probably. I don't remember exactly when it was. I was trying yeah. to think of that this morning, but it, it's been very steady. It, it mm-hmm. really has. Um, it's not anything. You know, I have a lot of friends that ask me, hey, man, you know, they, they hear about the real estate boom and all that with housing. Mm-hmm. They assume it's the same with us. And we've been real steady, but it's not not near as crazy as, as residential, of course, as you would know. Sure. So a lot of the buyers you've been working with, are those people state residents or I'm, I'm curious because the Midwest and obviously we have a, a quite a few major hub cities and I you can kind of imagine how that works and where buyers come from. But like, for instance, Louisiana, where do those buyers come from? Is it from Louisiana? Most, you know, I don't, I don't keep up with, that's not a metric I can go to a spreadsheet and look at like some other things, but, uh, we sell a lot of stuff to people of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas, and in Louisiana. Uh, and then, depending on the type of ground, if it's uh, farm ground or you know good, good uh, timberland, we may sell we sell that to people all over the country in different parts of the world because they're buying it strictly as an investment. Mm-hmm. People buying recreational property, they're they're in the region because they want to give you a use. Sure, that makes sense. Would you say the timber market is bigger in those states versus the tillable, or is it dependent on, I guess, more so Louisiana and Mississippi? Would you say more timberland than mm-hmm. track? Let's say it's 500 acres. All 500 is ready to be cut. Do they do the rotational crops on a parcel of that, or do they go in and cut it pretty heavy and, and then end up selling it as a recreational farm down the road? Or what does that process kind of look like? People that buy industrial timberland, and I call I say, when I say the phrase industrial timberland, I'm talking about ground that's, that's in pine plantation, okay. uh, not, not just a natural, you know, regeneration mixed kind of hardwood pine, but pine timberland, pine plantation. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting because it's, it's funny how regional real estate really can be because that's all that's pretty darn foreign to me. I've never seen a pine plantation in my days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I'm looking around in your background there and I see, you know, uh, the the DNA and the imprint it has all over uh, the things that people just don't realize. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you mentioned before, I think before we got started, we were talking about golf just a little bit. And I was telling you about yeah. my 15 year old mm-hmm. and, uh, and I buy, I buy teas uh, with our, you know, rec land, you know, yeah. information on the tea. I just way I do. I'm a branding guy. Yeah. And I buy my thousands. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were playing the other day and he pulls his plastic tea. I go, what are you doing? Well, Dad, just like, I can use this tea. It doesn't ever break. I said, you got to just cook it, son. You realize you remember what I do for a living? Yes. What kind of land I sell? Well, we sell honeyland, timberland. And before you got through timberland, I'm sorry, Dad. So, if it's a wood product, I'm all for it. So I buy wood te- wooden teas and play with wooden teas and we break as many as we can. <laughs> I love that. That's cool. That's fun. So Job security. Absolutely. You have to. So um I'm really pumped about this. Last time I think we talked about uh, a variety of things in terms of folks kind of getting ready to buy their first piece of ground. And so yeah. hopefully at this point, maybe, maybe some of those folks did buy their first piece of ground. And this is something that I'll be curious if you have any insight on of, you know, people, obviously they want to build equity into the property. Cause that's, you know, that's the end goal is obviously you're not, you just don't want to be like with at least you're just throwing your money and you're not getting any of that equity. So obviously someone saved up, they bought their first parcel and they're trying to, build more equity. Do you know any out of the box ideas or ways to help build to build equity? Um, 
uh, when I you had mentioned that question before, I, I thought about that, and these three popped in my head. Mm-hmm. One just this week, I, I said, guys, with what you're buying this property for and with what they wanted to do, I said, you'll immediately be able to sell it in a, next year or something if, if your life changes or mm-hmm. if you just want to do something different. And that's common with recreational ground. People's life changes, and they might need to move on, make a different decision. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be stuck with a recreation. In this up, I, I'd be able to sell this for two or three hundred dollars an acre more for you if, if you ever found something else you wanted. Just just by cleaning it up, it was a it was an eyesore wreck. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's a simple thing. Uh, another one, a deal that hasn't closed yet, but it's pending. Um, I just went in there. It was a pet dozer, so people could so regular people could go out there and walk around on it, ride their side by side through it. Mm-hmm. see it pretty from the road and not re- go, how do I clean up this hardwood cut over mess? You know, that, that, that property sold for several hundred dollars an acre more just by that little bit of work. Mm-hmm. And the third one hadn't closed yet, but it's pending. They're going to just simply put a, put a home site on it. It's just pasture land, good road frontage utilities. Mm-hmm. All they're going to do is go in there and put a pad site and put a modest home on it. Now the home adds equity, of course. Sure. But just making it a home site property where it mm-hmm. takes that uh, sense of overwhelming work and imagination out of uh, out of people's minds where they mm-hmm. can see, oh yeah, I can. There's a brand new home. That that makes a world of difference, you know. Yeah. Things like that where you can just take the hard work out of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can add equity with that. Those so, are, those are just a couple simple ways. Of- yeah, those those are great. So the the home build one. So they're actually going to build a like a a spec home basically on that parcel or is it just it is and it's gonna okay. be modest. Um I know a little bit of what they're gonna do. It's not gonna be you know five hundred thousand dollar mansion or you know sure I know five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> doesn't get not you a mansion <laughs> in some parts of the country. Yeah. But here it's a it's a nice home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're gonna build a modest spec home on it. And okay. it's a beautiful little pasture. It'll it'll be great. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And and to to your point, with the something where people can go and buy and get a residential mortgage on that parcel of that, you know, building site too, which is great. Cause that it is a huge undertaking to go build a house or go buy the parcel. Yeah. Okay. Well, you just spent all your cash to buy the parcel. Now you're supposed to come up with more cash to put down for a construction loan. I mean, there's not a lot of people that are able to do that, but to take that step out and, and have a turnkey brand new home that that's really interesting. You know, and depending on, cause we've had people do this and seen it done, they buy the property and then they're able to then, you know, do, kind of roll that into a bigger type of, of mortgage situation because sure. they bought the property well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this particular track, they they paid a little under what probably what full retail is, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. So they got a they got a, a good solid deal on the property. And depending on their financial strength, they're going to be able to roll that forward into a bigger mortgage project and, mm-hmm. and build a nice, nice home. That's yeah, that's good advice. Gotcha. So I mean even 200 bucks an acre times four. I mean, that's an extra $8,000 in equity for probably a few thousand dollars of work or even less than that probably. Less than that, really. Yeah. It's just, it's just the eyesore. You know, you got, you got curb appeal. You also got. It is funny how different people are able to see through or have a vision on a parcel too. And some people, unless it's right in front of them, they don't get it. Like, you know, if you, if, and so, and, and that's how it is with anything, but it, to take that out and I guess increase the amount of buyers that you're able to sell that parcel for. And the, the prettier it looks, obviously more is going to sell for that's a, that's a basic marketing and sales. Yeah. I've used the phrase for a number of years. It might not be exactly the right phrase, but it's the way I say it. I say, you take the imagination off the table. 
because some people don't have the imagination to look at something and go, oh, yeah, equation. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good advice. So the, the essence of it is basically improve the parcel in a cost-effective way uh, and, and more likely it boils down to aesthetically or reduce the friction of what the end goal of someone else might be. Yeah. And, you know, another one just came to mind. Is, uh, it's it's in, falls under the heading of improvement, but it's a whole different animal is um, I'm about to buy a track for um, uh, an investor friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And once we buy it, I'm going to help him get the uh, adeded access to it through the, mm-hmm. you know, through the timber company. Mm-hmm. That's a daunting process to some people. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me. I've done it. It's just a little time. You got to stay with it and write a couple checks. But in doing so, he's going to add you know four hundred dollars an acre to it just yeah. by getting that deeded access. Uh, that is a huge improvement that immediately adds value. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, improve access. Uh, I'm just making some notes. <laughs> uh, so improve, yeah, improve the access. Uh, whether you're buying a deeded access or figuring out a way to maybe put in a culvert and improve a road to get in there and make the property yeah. more accessible. The, the very first book I ever wrote. Uh, I can't remember. It's over somewhere. The uh, how to add value to real real estate. So how to sell your land yeah. faster. And there's there's dozens of things like this listed in there. Improvements mm-hmm. to make. You know, because uh, that's the key to rural real estate is making improvements or increasing its use, finding a better uh, high speed. Yep. And you're looking to you know buy a parcel this year as a project property. What what are some key specific things that you're really trying to identify? Man, I appreciate you asking that. I'm doing. Uh, I got a book. I don't know which. I think if it was a year ago, I probably know which books I sent you. But I've had a new one come out since then, and I'm not going to flash it on the screen. I'm not go ahead. Go, there, go, go ahead. I want to Okay. Uh, and it talks about just some of the things that I personally mm-hmm. do to buy and sell rural tracks. You know, mm-hmm. to to make a little money on other than our our listing, our brokerage part. Yeah. You know, I buy and sell tracks myself. But the things I look for are uh, something that I can increase. The, uh, high, I can go to a higher and better use. Mm-hmm. I can take this old timberland and I can do something to it to now make it a, a rural home site property. That's increasing mm-hmm. its use. Uh, something that I can divide. And I don't mean create a subdivision. I hate subdivisions. I have a buddy down the hall here in my office that he loves them. He does. I hate them. They're terrible. Boring. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I don't mean that a subdivision. I mean taking 600 acres and selling uh, 200 or 150 and a couple 80s or yeah. that kind of deal. Dividing it up for recreation. Mm-hmm. You're not a fan Those of that? Or you no, are a fan I, of that? No, I okay. love doing that. Okay. But, it, okay. but I'm not creating a subdivision. I'm yeah. simply dividing. 100%. 120. Mm-hmm. And I like doing that. Because uh, yeah. it brings first-time buyers in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun to me. That's enjoyable. A subdivision with ordinances and culverts and engineers. Shoot me in the head, man. That's <laughs> awesome. nah. Yeah. That's, anyway. and I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, and I could see, I've seen where that kind of division goes too far. I, I call them little, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I call them, but it's where <laughs> they take the track and they, they just put, you know, it's almost like they make, you know, little, little slivers. 20s, long skinny yeah, pieces. And, yeah. Yeah. And that, that makes no sense to me. But where you've got some natural division, you know, sure. Got, maybe a creek runs through it. Maybe there's exactly. a rail, railroad that runs through it and the access. different yeah. ways yeah. that you can divide it that make good sense. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an outdoor guy. I, I try to do it the way I'd want to, mm-hmm. where I want to be. Uh, and, you know, and maybe that's just my opinion, but I do it the way it makes sense to me. 
For sure. Yeah. Look at it as a, per, a perspective buyer from a hunting perspective, or maybe a, a rural yeah. a lot like, okay, well, if they build, if you build a house in the country, do you really want to- So they can say they had some road fronts. Well, yeah. That stuff like that doesn't make sense. It just has to, the high ground, there's, there's high ground for camps or home sites. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I divided a property not long ago where I divided it where a, there was a draw that would make a gorgeous little about six acre lake. Mm-hmm. But I made sure that stayed all on the on one track and the, the line didn't go through that mm-hmm. because then somebody could take that and make, build a beautiful little small lake without having to worry about his two acres of it being on his neighbor, that kind of thing. Sure. It just has to make sense. Yeah, that that, that definitely makes sense. And I think looking at it objectively and, and no parcels the same. Um, I talk to a lot of people and I'm sure you do as well. And I think, Everyone wants to do that where they buy a parcel, they fix it up and they sell it. Not, I don't want to use the word flip because it really, they're just improving it and they're not going to, I mean, you're going to make a, an honest income off that, a, a decent chunk. Yeah. What would you tell those folks if they wanted to get started and doing something like that? I mean, what, what's step one in, in your opinion? So I come to you and say, Hey Pat, I got a little bit of money saved up. I want to buy a parcel. I don't plan on holding on to it forever. Um, and I want to, you know, scale it from one deal a year to three deals a year to seven deals a year, if I can find them, what would you tell that person? You know, I, I've made some videos, uh, right down that, those sub, that subject line. Um, some of the main things I tell people in that, and I've said it in that video, so you can I try to practice what I preach that to something, you know, about 20 minutes away or 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. So, so start where you are. So you understand, because if you can't understand your own market, you can't understand <laughs> something in Colorado sure. that you're doing yeah. online. Yeah. And I don't mean to offend anybody that's right. think they can. You may knock yourself out. Uh, mm-hmm. I think more people fail and get burned, lose money by that remote, long distance, sight unseen nonsense than, than is made out to be. Understand your local market. Go look and shop and do it there. Mm-hmm. You can't do it there. You can't do it in Colorado. I'm not picking on Colorado. I'm just making it. Using sure. It yeah. Well, I mean, um, uh, Mississippi's a lot different than Colorado. Last I checked. Exactly. And 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 go look and stomp around and understand it and ask questions. Just doing regular due diligence things. You know, mm-hmm. It's amazing the amount of information you accumulate. A mental catalog up here. And the next time you look at a property, you get this wealth of information you didn't know you had. Suddenly starts falling into place, and you go, mm-hmm. "Wait a minute." That property over there on County Road 30 sold for this much. And this one, it's the same thing, you know, and if they're asking, things start making sense where you go run, run for the hills. And you don't want any part of that. Or you go, wait a minute, there's some potential here based on X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, local market knowledge is huge. Mm-hmm. We buy and sell properties in other states in our region, but I'm good at it. I've done, my partners and I have done hundreds of deals, multiple millions of dollars of deals. We got a little experience. We got a big catalog of information, but we don't go hop around in new places that we have no experience at all. Mm-hmm. We build on knowledge that we already have and, and we're pros. And so mm-hmm. the newbie, don't try to, don't try to skip first base and go slide in second. You just, yeah. just going to call you out. You know? Yeah. That, that's good advice. And I think, and I, I've kind of experienced this very slowly. And you never know where that leads you. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. So the the biggest thing from that is uh, what you're saying is 
focus on your backyard. What are some other things if, if someone's wanting to get into the game of improving and selling parcels? Uh, definitely understand your financial strength, what you have available, and what you may be able to leverage if you have mm-hmm. the ability to borrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, th- but at that point, understand how much risk you're willing to to stand and tolerate. I, mm-hmm. I, I never encourage anybody to, you know, bet the bet the rent money on a mm-hmm. deal. Um, sure. Stick within your budget, make a deal, then you know that that makes some money. Your nest egg grows and grows mm-hmm. and gets a little bigger, and you can do more either more deals at the same time or or do bigger deals. Mm-hmm. But definitely understand your money so that you don't spend your time looking at stuff you can't afford or that you know you're not going to do because of the risk. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you can do and want to do because you only have so many, so much time. Life flying by, man. <laughs> and to go, you know, gate window shopping just doesn't make sense. Sure. How did you get in contact with the investors you work with now? How did you guys get together and do do all the deals you've done? Uh, one of them, the just if I had to find a genesis to that and a direct answer to your question, it would be, you know, he and I've been friends since we were in school together in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, even before that, he got into real estate in one part of the world. I was living in another part of this country and getting into real estate. And we got to talking and we said, why don't we do some stuff together? Mm-hmm. Um, so we started doing some stuff together. He definitely had wrestler, not the lazy guy. On that gray area in, in stuff like this that you want to stay away from. Um, and you got to have shared values, you know, where, where I guess that's a hard, hard answer, hard way to put into words. You both got to have a long-term approach where you're willing to do the right thing, even if it's going to cost you a little money on this deal, but you know that, Hey, doing that, it's going to matter down the road. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's made up like that. One guy may be and the other one not. And then there's that gray area decision make decisions mm-hmm. without there being conflict that, that's good advice i don't have it's hard to put into words but you, you know it's gotta be yeah. somebody you can trust with a blank check in the lives of your children at 3 a.m and not and not think a second thought about it it's that guy if you can't find that guy i don't get in business with that's really good advice <laughs> that's yeah that's a great way to put it i think because uh, people get so excited and then maybe they put on their blinders a little bit like well yeah he he's got some money but and then it's like maybe they have some not so redeeming qualities that you want to overlook because you just want to you just want to get going. So I think that's really good advice to, you know, the yeah. theme here is the tortoise and the hare. Be patient, do things the right way, and it'll pay off in the long run. And I think that, that. I, I'm a little old fashioned like that, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm 50, almost 58 years old and can't change my mind on that. That's <laughs> For sure. OK. <laughs> Um, I had another question brewing uh, when we were talking about that. what's a mistake that you've done on one of these properties. Have you lost your Have you lost your tail on one of these, or have they been pretty all right? I know some are good, you know, better than others. But have you just had one where like, wow, we messed up, and, and what went wrong? Oh yeah, I can think of three that um, <laughs> that we've made mistakes on. Uh-huh. You know, and, and haven't lost a massive amount of money. Uh, sometimes you know we lose time, which sure. as money, you know, it's just one or two steps away. Mm-hmm. You know, you can. Put a number on that. Time equals money. Uh, one I negotiated. I was in a hurry to make the deal. It was a little old deal. Uh, I'll tell you, it's short. But I was eating lunch with my buddy, and uh-huh. we were right in the middle of lunch. And I had I, I like chicken wings. I, I, I mean, I mean eat, the chicken wing. The guy calls, and I'm already negotiating the deal. He calls, and Captain, you need to get that. But I got my chicken. So I answered the phone, and yeah, 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 okay, oh, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, give him that much for it. And 
I ended up paying too much for it. Probably, uh, let's see, it's four years or four years. Two hundred dollars an acre too much on a forty. Eight thousand uh-huh. dollars. So my yep. buddy always jokes about the eight thousand dollar chicken wing because <laughs> I, I paid too much. I did, but I was ready to make the deal, and I, I could have. I knew it was too much, but I, you know, just a bad time. Just yeah, make the deal. Eight thousand dollar chicken wing. Okay, <laughs> we can laugh about that. Eight thousand dollars not gonna not gonna thousand dollar chicken. Wing. Uh, another track we did. So what? Guru. So when you overpaid for that parcel, were you not able to? Do you guys break even on it? You just you already lost eight thousand dollars on the on the what what do you what you would have made or how did that work out? Uh, if you look by strict money, what we bought it for and what we sold it for, yeah, we made some money. But the the time it took to sell it for that and some of the process, for- say, or three yeah. two and a half years to sell it, you had the time and the money tied up. So okay, that it makes took sense. an extra two years. And some extra out of pocket just on the on the access part, you know. Mm-hmm. So we lost two years and probably a couple thousand dollars of extra money plus the time, the time on that. So and missing out on other potential better deals too. Exactly, and then have him holding the you know chicken, chicken story up. for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, and he's a storyteller, so I mean, he's gonna tell that story to somebody today if if, if something <laughs> triggers it in his mind. That's hilarious. Okay, so what was the second deal that um, that comes? To Another mind? deal uh, we did in Texas is and it's a good i've discussed this in books or video somewhere i think a book um there's a couple hundred acres we had a little investment group and it fit every crime however take into account exactly the location was fine you'd have to really see a, a map but i didn't take it to the property and it took a year and a half for them to replace that bridge so the way that i access the property to look at and that i assume most people would access was gone for a year and a half. Wow. It still had road front. That road passed by, but a giant detour people had to go. I'm not kidding you, man. 40, 50 miles around a pig trail to get to it from the other way. Wow. And and nobody's nobody was willing to do that for that recreational property. Yeah. So it sat on the market for two years fighting that access. Uh-huh. And that was because and I took the blame for that. I can't predict the bridge. But I did see that that uh, coming from the other direction, a huge from a huge population base was was unfeasible. People were just not going to drive those pig pig trails to get to it. Yeah. So it sat on the market way too much. Do you think whoever bought that got a good deal by then? Because it sat on the market for two years, and then now the bridge is fixed and it's good. Yeah, a, a local guy, an adjacent uh-huh. guy, ended okay. up buying it. Uh-huh. But by then, the you know I price was down where it made sense for him to buy it so mm-hmm. all of the meat on the bone we had to whittle away just yeah. by price reductions to yeah. to just get it down mm-hmm. so basically we just kind of flipped out of it for what we had in it and lost time okay so and that was my fault I mean, that's tough. That's a tough break. Okay. Th- that brings up an interesting point though, price reduction. So uh, as a broker, those conversations are usually not very fun with your client. And then when you're the one reducing your price, what, how, how do you, uh, how do you handle those conversations when you're talking, when you have a property listed and whether it's yours or, you know, yours with the investments, investors that you're with, or one that you have listed with the client, how do you like to handle those conversations? And like, Ooh. I handle price reductions on the front end uh, as we're listing ah, the property. Uh-huh. I do. Um, it, because if they don't list it for what I recommend, that's find the market negotiating value. room. Yeah, sure. You know, lower it fifty dollars an acre, lower it one hundred fifty, whatever. But yeah, we'll have a couple of price reductions 
thought out in advance as we list the problem. Uh, do you most do you, people? I'm sorry, most people are reasonable with that approach. Sure. So, are you guys actually writing down how much what that even looks like on the front and like, okay, if it's not if we don't have much interest in eight weeks, we're going to reduce it by a uh, half a percent or a two percent. Is that already agreed upon, or is it more so? Um, like discussed on the time of the fly of like, okay. We agree in principle on the front end. We don't put actual numbers on it. I, okay. I remember one listing that we did write that down because that was just the way he thought and he wanted to do that. But we just agree in principle. And then when the time comes, we lower it. But they also know in, before we're listing, as we're listing it, what I think the retail range is. You know, if yeah. I'm thinking it's 25 to 2,800 an acre and they want to ask, 3,600, they already know kind of what I think. And so we're moving, stair-stepping down toward what I've already established, I think, the numbers. So we that's, just agree in principle on the front end. That's a really sharp strategy. Like, I'm going to steal that. I want to let you know right that now. That's a great strategy. I tell all my <laughs> agents that because most people are are reasonable. And yeah. I approach it as, hey, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I don't know everything. In fact, there's some times I've been dead wrong sure. underpricing stuff. You know, so I'm just honest with them. and. And I'm just so we're just sort of fleshing it out, thinking it through together. And I, most people appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's good advice. Okay, sorry for interrupting. All right, what's the third one that comes to mind? Uh, is a deal we recently got out of over $2 million deal uh, in another state. Um, we've bought and sold property in that state before. Uh, it was a larger track. We had a pretty good little group that went in it. Great track. It just took forever to sell. And we parceled it up. You know, not in not into down to you know ten acres, but we had some. It, it divided very well. Great, great farm in the Midwest. Um, I've killed a couple of good deer on a couple of good turkey. Great farm, uh -huh. but it just it it, it was just slow. Uh, so when you went, look in hindsight, looking back, I guess we paid too much because it sold for what we thought it would sell for. It was just very slow in in getting those sales, and so we're using time, mm -hmm. and time you know on over a couple million dollar deal is real money. Yeah, that's yeah three four percent on a million bucks is that's that's a good chunk of cash. It uh, every day you know, and yeah. so it just, that time drug on, and, and when we closed it, uh, I sold the last I think four hundred odd acres uh, in the in the home that was on it. This past February, that was we we're so glad to be done. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a lick, you know, it really was. And we had a you know a couple of new investors in it who had seen all this stuff we've done yeah. over the years, all these great deals. They get in a deal, and the first one they get in is one that just drags on. That's how it goes sometimes. They're, they're 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 big boys. They understand, but it's still yeah. still you know. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, um, well, that's that's pretty darn interesting. I would say so. I think. Well, let me ask you this. How are you finding some of these deals? Are these listed uh, through syndicates? Are these through word of mouth, a mixture of both? Word, I guess a mixture of all. Um, yeah. There are some deals that, that we'll have listed. We have no interest in, but Reckland has them listed. Yeah. The seller will call and go, hey, I'm just, I, I'm, I need to be done. Can you find somebody? Are you interested? They'll just, hey, I just want to sell it for yeah. eggs. Yeah, and and that X will make sense for a deal, mm -hmm. and then I go well, listen. I know somebody who'll do that, um, and you know we just put a deal together. So some come like that. 
you why you sit on it and you know, or have you thought about listening and then explain why there's uh, benefits to, to listening with the, with the company. It's a, it's a, that's why I tell all new guys. I said, you do that. You will make, you will get, you will make some money. It's a, that is a numbers game, mm-hmm. but you got to get told no a lot. You know, most of us don't like that. So <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Well, that, that's really, that's cool. That's cool to hear. So what, what about one? Do you want to explain a home run that you guys did? Like maybe one of the best deals that came to mind. It doesn't even have to be financially, but maybe it was rewarding. Maybe it was a really cool parcel. What's one that sticks out that's like, wow, I don't, that was the, that was the unicorn. I don't know if we'll, we'll do something like that again. Uh, you know, we've had, a. am bad about um, when we have a big, when we have a bigger deal, a package deal or large acreage, I'll, I'll create a new LLC just for that package or that, that track. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's easier to manage. And I'm bad about using stand up triple. And if somebody bobbles the ball, we're, we're heading to home. You know, so yeah. that kind of, turned into that kind of deal. That's cool. I like that. That's fun. What do you, where do you think things are headed? Obviously, you know, where I'm at, the, the recreational market has seen a really strong run up here in the last 18 months. And so I don't know your market as well, obviously, but. Everyone is trying to do this clickbait thing about recession, pullback, crash, all these different things. And I just want your opinion. You've seen multiple market cycles. You've been in the business for a super long time. I'm not asking to get out your crystal ball, but what's some what's some advice that someone's shopping or maybe they have some ground that you would uh, you would just tell them? Uh, I, you know, we we've seen the same thing where people are you know a lot of a lot of activity, um, new buyers. New money, it seems like, and I still give the same speech I've given for 15 years now. You know, make sure that you're buying it at a price that you can get you can get the albatross off of your neck if your world changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just don't get over leveraged. Don't buy it at a price that you can't get out. You know, sell it and get out from under. You might not make any money. You may lose a little bit, sure. but losing six, eight, ten thousand dollars won't ruin your life. Losing a half a million or so is a life change. Um, yeah. So I, I I've been give, I give that speech. I gave it two days ago on this property, just like I've given it dec- de- over a decade. Make sure you buy it at a price that you can get out of in a year if you need to. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that holds true in any kind of market because everybody's got different different tolerances. They've got a certain amount of cash. They might be dealing with a little excess cash. They that's in a CD or a. a, a um, some fund somewhere and they already have that at risk and they're just moving it from one investment to another. Mm-hmm. Other people are stretching their budget tight to finance something and to ma- and then make a note payment. So understand your, where you are and your risk tolerance and make sure you can get out of it. If, you, if your world changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, live on less than make kind of the same. There's not a one size fits all answer to that other than that, than that principle in my mind sure. holds true regardless mm-hmm. of where the market is. Sure. Because everybody is in a different place in those different markets. Yeah, so. that's fair. So you think this, you know, it doesn't really matter what the market does is make sure uh, whatever you're doing, you can take care of uh, if things get a little hairy. You and- can tolerate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've got to put your hands on this cash soon, you know, be cautious. Um, if you can tolerate the risk, then that's fine. Just ride out whatever it is. And we're going to come out the other side. You know, real estate's always done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always, it's always gotten strong. It may have gone go through dips, but it always comes back. 
Mm-hmm. You just got to have the time and the, the, the ability to ride out those that tough time if you put cash in real estate or if you're leveraging some, you know, leveraging the purchase. Yeah. That's good advice. I think that's something that um, people need to be reminded often. I mean, that's just the, the reality of it. There's risk with anything that you do, uh, yeah. but trying to calculate that, knowing your own risk tolerance is, is key to, you know, having this, having that purchase be enjoyable for you. Would you and agree? Buy, buy it at a, buy it at a fair price. Uh, don't get so blinded. Oh, I just got to have it. A track I sold, made a deal on this week. They were discussing it, and he, he was standing right there with his wife and said, should we just offer a full price? You know, that's what he was saying. But they wanted it. They thought the price was fair. And I go, guys, I'm not going to get your business, but don't offer a full price. Just, you know, make, come in somewhere lower. I, I, you know, And here I am. I'm going to make more money if they offer full price because sure. I know it's going to be big. But, you know, a few hundred dollars extra, a few thousand commission extra, it's not okay. It's nice, but I, I want them to make a good deal. Not a steal, but I said, you know, offer less and see where she comes back. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was my advice I gave them. So they did. They offered less. She accepted it immediately, didn't encounter, you know, and I'm so, you know, see, I mean, you made a more fair deal for you. It's still a very fair deal fair yeah. deal for the seller, but buy it the best you can. That's yeah. That's good. Advice. Would you suggest some of those? Cause I know you don't work with buyers as much, uh, Buyers, you're not a buyer, a buyer's agent as much, but would you suggest folks in this marketplace right now to, to find a good buyer's agent or have someone good in their corner to, to go up to bat for negotiation for that? You know, someone that, you know, like, well, let's slow this down a little bit and make sure we're doing our best job on this. I'm always for people using uh, pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we happen to be pros. So we, of course, are maybe, maybe we're a little biased, but it's, they never, they're never going to buy ground. Period. It's not because their finances. It's not because they're not able to do it. They're just not going to buy ground because they're never going to find a parcel that's perfect enough. Right. What would you tell those people? I, I give them somebody. <laughs> I, I pass them along to somebody. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I let. I, I you know, because there's nothing you can say that's going to shame them into making the decision. Mm-hmm. If, if, like I tell people all the time, if I'm selling you this mouse, I eventually can sell it to you. If nothing more than just for you to get, you know, me to leave you alone. But we're talking about buying a, you know, $200,000 piece of real estate or half a million dollar piece of property. I can't make you buy it. Mm-hmm. So you just got, I just, I just try to avoid them. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't know until you get in, but when you get in, you start learning pretty quickly. I hadn't had to deal with that in a long time. Thank goodness. I got some horror stories about it. You know, for what fits their goals. No parcel is going to be perfect, period. Um, so in your mind, what's a fair threshold of, you know, this this parcel checks off enough important boxes that I'd be willing to move forward? Is it like an is it like an eight out of ten, a seven out of ten? So meaning it has to have access on two sides. Okay, well, that's a fact that's pretty darn fair. And if that's something you really want, then okay. Or it has to have really big deer. I mean, like what in your mind, where's a, a realistic threshold of finding a good parcel that fits the schools? Me, the buyer, or or helping buyers? Hel- helping, helping, and I'd be curious uh, what yours is too. I don't, you know, I don't. Re- I, I answer your question on the first part, helping other people. Uh, uh, I, I don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I unless it is a a, li- a long time client, a personal mm-hmm. friend, or or they're looking at one of my listings. I don't. I don't 
do buyers. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mean that in any bad way. It's just I, where I am having to run reckless, and I don't have that kind of time. So sure. I give those people to my agents. I want, hey, let, let them make as much money as they can. Um, if it's me, it's just got to fit the criteria. It's just got to fit my plan. Because when mm-hmm. I look at a piece of property, I immediately go to a an exit plan. Mm-hmm. I try to make an exit plan before I do anything else. And if this property will will fit that exit plan, then I'll start going down the trail. Um, and I'll the exit plan will be, uh, you know, is it its highest and best use? What I think that is, and what I think that exit price is. And mm-hmm. then I I will have a purchase price, and then I'll just start going after that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get it's real simple for me as a buyer. It either works on the front end or it doesn't. And then if it works, if I can get it for this range of price that I have in mind. Okay. That makes sense. So would, but if you had to put a, if you had to put a percentage, I call you up and say, Hey Pat, I found this. And I'm, this is me calling you. Hey, I found this parcel. And you know, there's five things that were really important to me or what I think is important. And it only has like man, three, three and a half of them. What would you tell me? I, I don't know how much weight you put on. You sure. Know, all five equally weighted. Uh, sure. You know, because something could have could check every all nineteen boxes for me, but if I can't get it for the price that works for my exit strategy, the other nineteen are irrelevant. So sure, okay. In that case, ninety five percent will work. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, wish I'd have started sooner and been more aggressive. <laughs> You're not the first person that said that said that uh, off the record or on the record, and you know. I, it's it's tough because I'm sure you hear this uh, with a variety of people that you come across in terms of um, like I have a plat map in front of me from 1911 uh, of the township where <laughs> I live, and so I guarantee there was conversations where there was land transactions, and the people in 1911 said there's no way they're going to make any money <laughs> with that. There's no way, you know, and it just continues on with every generation I talk to, and then I talk to other folks like yourself, like well, I wish I would have bought more. But I mean, what do, you, do you, I'm not asking a question. I'm just asking more a commentary on it. It's like you know, it was, it's been great the last three decades. And right now things feel the prices are higher. What would you tell someone that's in their twenties or thirties that are like, you know, kind of teeter totter and like, well, I think it's kind of crazy. Should I get started? Is the, you know, the last three decades have been good. Do we think the next three decades are going to be good? What, what could you tell someone that's just looking for a little bit of dialogue on that? Uh, I, you just got to jump in right now. The prices are going to, well, just, you look at the, you know, just take the guys back in, in the 1911. Yeah. They could have traded ground then the way we do today. They would have bought it for $4 an acre, maybe sold something for $5.50 an acre. It's all just, it's all, it's all very relative. Mm-hmm. And today with these prices, they, they learn their market. They understand kind of what makes sense in their area. And they go buy 20, 40, 35 acres. They go buy, buy a deal, make a little money. Well, 15 years from now, it'll be the same track of ground. It's just the, the, the numbers will be different, but it'll yeah. still be the same, the same thing, the same percentages, the same margins. Mm-hmm. There are some places that get taken in, say, by uh, uh, metropolitan areas or by fast-growing cities that just you know blew up out of nowhere. Those kind of deals are once in a life forever. But the majority of stuff we do, you know, the stuff I'm buying today for twenty-two hundred bucks an acre, I'm gonna buy ten years from now at 2,900 or 32, and I'm going to sell it for, you know, 35 or 36. Yeah. It's, it's, does that um, make sense? You follow what I'm saying there? Yeah, it, it just changes. It's all, it's all relative. It percent, it's all percentage points one way or another. Just the, the face number changes. 
Exactly. And I'm not a, and what we do is we're not buying something for a lifetime in 2022. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. So, I mean, and you bring up two distinct strategies as well, the the buy and hold forever and the, and moving money faster. Obviously what, I mean, you're taking the approach of moving money faster. Is that because you get a higher return because that continues to compound faster or is that just the way, you know, you have more conviction in that process? Uh, it's because I'm good at that process. And also I'm 58 years old. If I was going to live 300 more years, I'd look at it differently, you know, okay. <laughs> and that's, that's a line from my buddy. That's his place. He goes, yeah, that'd be a great deal if we're going to live to be, you know, 300. Um, you know, but like I tell my boys, and I've got three teenage boys, uh, well, one's married, he's not a teenager anymore, but you know, we talk about investment and one of them is in a land deal right now. Uh, he's going to make a little money. And that money he's going to put with his nest egg, he's going to go by. He's going. He's doing it the way I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. There's and he's a very young man. Um, there's you know the other guys, but mm-hmm. for a while may mean he's buying it in his twenty. Demographic of this uh, podcast is as they're listening. Hey, I, you know, first of all, I'd say quit calling me boomer. You know, that's what they're, <laughs> they're all thinking. <laughs> I, know, I know how you sorry stuff is on. Yeah, let's go. Let's go play golf, or let's go walk some property and see if you're still calling me boom. No, <laughs> no I'd say you got to do both because every deal is different strengths and weaknesses, and decide which one this track is best for. Buy and keep it, or it's an asset, just like you know uh, this phone. You can buy and sell it, and make a little money, and move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You got the ability to do both. To say one is better than the other is only true, uh, in my opinion, depending on your your age. Mm-hmm. I'm 58 years old. I can't buy it and keep it for you know 25 years. Mm-hmm. You can. I can't. So to say yours is better than mine and mine's better than yours, I don't agree with that. But if you're in a position you can do both, my gosh, do both. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to do both. <laughs> that that's good advice. Yeah, I, I really like that. And uh we're we're right at an hour, so I want to be respectful of your time. So you you have, you have an open invitation whenever you want to come on here, Pat. So um we'll have to get you on here again. Well, I appreciate that. Take hey, two two things before I go. Number one, yeah. Thank you for good. Thank you for the good cameras, man. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that good product. I use them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pictures people see on our listings are the ones that get sent to my phone in the middle of the night. Yep. You know, <laughs> and I'll upload them to the website. So I appreciate your product. And I'm also going to uh, shoot you a box of these new. Yet yeah, I've read all the other ones. So <laughs> I can't. I can't come up with real sexy titles, but how to make money by selling land is. Hey, you know, it seems to get to the point. Keep it simple, stupid. That's a that's a exactly. that's a motto that a motto that a lot of people need to listen to. So, um, all right. Well, I really appreciate it. And um, real quick though, how can people find you? I know you have your YouTube channel, Instagram, and obviously your your business as well. So I'll let you plug that, and then we'll call it call it a day and get you off for the weekend. Our main site, and that's just where we do all of our properties, is recland.net. Um, but we're all, we're on every social platform, uh, and you, we got a couple of YouTube channels. All you'd have to do is search Reckland or Reckland Talks, and you'll find us on all the social platforms. Uh, I don't sell anything on those. It's just where we communicate about land. Um, so if you want to look at our listings, it's Reckland.net. If you just want to hear my take on real rural real estate, any of the social platforms. Cool. Well, thank you once again. Hope you have a great rest of your year and look forward to, to burning through that book. And then I'll tell people how to get a, how to get their hands on that book. So I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Jake. Enjoy it, buddy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Land Podcast. Great to have you guys here. And as mentioned, if you want to be one of the folks that get Pat's book, send a uh, 
screenshot that you left a review or that you sign up for the email newsletter and I will get your address and I have a handful of them here. And if you want one of them, you got to be one of the first folks. So act fast and just want to say, hope you guys have a great rest of your week until next time. See ya.